Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. There is no certainty. There is only adventure. Roberto Asagioli. Yep. So you have like, uh, you can have your, you and your two or three friends can come here tell us okay we're gonna spend two weeks in Croatia one week we're gonna do we want to do something really adventurous and for the next seven days we're gonna take it really easy you know party and go to the coast and enjoy our holidays but for the first seven days you know create a course that it's challenging for us we want to do we are more like bikers can you do more like biking stages so I can definitely adapt adapt and skip some of the some of the uh, kayaking or hiking legs, or uh, turn it into a more uh, mountain bike orienteering uh, course. But uh, people can do original course or adapted course to their to their wishes. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail, Dirtbags and Hiker Trash. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest. 
We are reaching out across the pond and teaming up today with a new friend from Croatia, the race director for Adventure Race Croatia, Igor Dortic. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod, Igor. How's it going? Thanks. Doing fine. It's getting a bit colder here in Croatia. It was perfect weather until a couple of days ago. It's usually not that warm in this time of, of the year. So we, we had a race. We are organizing a race, uh, a trail race, two-day trail race last weekend, and the weather was perfect, almost too hot. And we're almost getting used to the hot weather here. But now in the last couple of days, it's, it's got pretty colder. So I'm, I'm acclimatizing to that. So, uh, but I'm, I'm, still, I'm still in my shorts. I'm still in my flip-flops. And I mostly do it all the winter. So uh, I'm usually the, the, the weird guy walking on the streets in the middle of winter in, in, uh, in uh, flip-flops and in my, my, my shorts. Well, you're going to fit right in on this podcast because those are the people we look for, <laughs> the, weird, the weird people, the people who are walking around in shorts and flip-flops in the dead of winter. Yeah. Awesome. That's me. That's me for sure. Perfect. Now, as I look at where you are right now, if you're not watching this on YouTube, uh, I'm trying to decipher where you might be. Are you in some kind of uh, like a recreational vehicle? Is it like a motorhome or a? No, in, in, I'm actually in my private private jet. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm in my RV. So uh, we, uh, I bought a I bought a camper van like five years ago, uh, basically to live in it. I rented out my house, and I, for the last couple of years, well, the last four or five years, uh, me and a partner would be living in in the camper van on and off, sometimes for a couple of months in a row, and it helps us a lot with our with our lifestyle because we are organizing races, and almost all our activities are uh, uh, outdoor related. So having a camper van is a really really good good way of 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 uh, getting uh, to the places we, we want to go and they're staying there for an extended period of time. You're taking it on the road. Nice. Mobile. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Yep. yeah. How, how big is the camper van? Oh, it's like seven meters, but it's, it, it can fit four people, but it's only two of us. So it's pretty comfortable for us. We have all the things we need. We have a shower, kitchen, uh, garage for our bikes, solar panels. So it's basically like a small apartment only on four wheels. Okay. Now, Igor, I have to tell you that uh, you're not the first Croatian to appear on the John Freaky Mirpod. Yeah? Yeah. You're, you're actually the second, the second Croatian. First Croatian was... <clears throat> Excuse me. The first Croatian <laughs> was actually uh, Nikola Horvat. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I guess he, he could be the one. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He's the guy who who hiked across the Pacific Pacific Trail. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. He was the he to, he told me anyway that he was the first Croatian to do the PCT. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm I'm I don't know him personally, but I I know of him. So okay, yeah, I felt kind of weird putting this in my notes for this episode because it, it's like asking somebody from from uh, California, hey, I know this other guy in do California. You know do you know this guy? And you know, <laughs> states, you know, I imagine you know Croatia is is so huge, lots of people. But I uh, put it in there it's just on so the huge. chance that you may have known him. No, no, Croatia is not that huge. It's like four and a half million. Mm -hmm. And outdoor scene is not that big. So you basically know everybody, not personally, perhaps, but you know of them. And you know of all the races and all the interesting outdoor stuff that is happening uh, in Croatia and, and Croats doing it uh, somewhere else. So basically, it's it's hard to miss something like that. 
Mm-hmm. Now, Nicola, he came back from the PCT and said, why don't we have something like this in our country? And he actually is the creator of the Croatian long trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's, uh, he, I asked him if I could come out there and do it. And he said, yeah, you can, you can, you know, I'll meet you at the airport and we'll, we'll put you up and uh, we'll hike on the trail with you. So I've got that standing invitation to go to Croatia once I have some free time. Yeah, Croatia is a, is a beautiful country and definitely something that has to be on your bucket list. Uh, it's pretty diverse. And I think if you if you just go to one area of Croatia, you're missing out on, on another parts because you, you, you just get to know one part and some of the parts are totally different and totally unique. So you definitely have to spend more time in Croatia. And this is the perfect way to... To, to experience creation. Also, adventure racing is a perfect way because you get to know places that people usually don't go and some hidden gems and you do it in a compact time, like three, four, five days and you get a perfect holiday and you get to visit a lot of cool places. Okay, now you and I uh, became acquainted through a mutual friend and that is Brett Gravelin, uh, yep, one, of yep. our, one of our favorite adventure racers. We talked to him. He was an excellent uh, guest on the podcast. We, he told us about his, uh, his experiences in adventure racing and how he was, his group was featured on um, the world's toughest race on, on uh, Amazon, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, which was, was quite a story. Uh, yeah. how, how did you get to know Brett Gravelin? Uh, well, he was, uh, he was racing at my race, uh, Adventure Race Croatia. And we talked about it, and he, he really liked the race. And I talked to him about the relief project that I hope we will talk about later. Mm-hmm. And he really liked the idea, and he, he told me that he can help me uh, promote it. And uh, he'll try to get me to talk to some people and see if we can we can uh, make this thing uh, get off. So. Yeah. He said, he said, doc, you got to talk to Igor. He is a funny guy. He's got a really dry sense of humor. He'd be a perfect guest on the podcast. Well, so that's, that's some, that's, we'll that's see, some high we'll expectations. That. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. No, just, just be yourself. Yeah. Now, Igor, uh, on the American long trails on the, the through hikes, there's this tradition of assigning trail names to folks. So they don't go by their, their given name. They go by names like ball sack or, cheese or uh um uh doc uh, is there is there a similar tradition with um adventure racing you picked up a a a nickname out there or you do you just go by igor uh well unfortunately i did pick up a, a nickname that i really don't like but it <laughs> it's stuck uh i was a i was a climber well, avid climber, like maybe 15, 20, 20 years ago. And I had a group of friends that I were climbing with. And one of them, you know, read in the newspapers that uh, how uh, the way you can recognize a werewolf is they usually have a uh, unibrow. And he just looked at me and he said, you might be werewolf and it was like a group of five people that were calling me werewolf and then uh in the next couple of years i got into trail running and adventure racing and the guy who introduced me to that sport was also a climber with me and he introduced me to everybody as a werewolf 
So I was introduced as a werewolf to, you know, hundreds of people and I couldn't get away from it, from it anymore. So usually people people know me as werewolf, but only the creation version of, of the world werewolf. So it's a Vukodlak and that's my, my nickname that I really don't like, but I, I, I accepted it because I never introduced myself as a Vukodlak. But sometimes it happens when I call people on the phone and I say, hi, it's Igor. Igor who? Igor Dorotic. Who? Bukodlak. Ah, it's you. So sometimes I have to use it. So, But it's not my favorite nickname for sure. Okay. Usually on the podcast here, we go by trail names. But if you don't like your trail name, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. No, I, I, I mean, it's, it's like 20 years ago and I'm, I got used to it. So it's, yeah, it sounds more interesting. So it, it makes me more interesting than, than I am. So I accept it. So. Nice. Nice. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll go back and forth between Igor and Werewolf or yeah. Bukodlak. 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 Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or werewolf. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> werewolf. It's it's easier for you for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Igor, have you had a chance to listen to the podcast before? No, no. Actually, I didn't. I I listened to a lot of podcasts, but mm-hmm. I I didn't get a chance to do it. Sorry. That's okay. I was just asking to make sure that you know that we have a segment towards the end of our episode called the Pro Tip Inside of the Week. And that's where I will turn to you and ask you to share some some wisdom with our listeners that's going to make their next outdoor experience even better. So that, that's going to be interesting. Don't be surprised when we get there. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what you come up with. All right. The must bring gear review. Hey, Igor, another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, Six Moon Designs. And here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag uh, or pack your equipment with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day adventure race, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So Werewolf, what is your must-bring piece of gear? Hmm. I would say top of my head, headlamp. Headlamp is something that I that could really be useful, you know, uh, because, you know, if I pick something else, it could be useful, you know, for some type of situation. But headlamp is definitely something you can use the whole night. And depending on the time of the year, if it's in the winter, uh, the nighttime is like, you know, 14, 15 hours. So it's definitely something that, that I think uh, to feel more secure, to not get hurt, to... I don't know, to help you get around. I think that's on top of my head something that I really would would not want to be stuck without in the in the on the trip. Okay, so am I to assume then that adventure racing doesn't just take place during the daylight hours? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So adventure <laughs> racing is a is a sport. You well, it can it can last for a couple of hours, but the adventure races that I do, it's around four to five days. So when you start, you don't stop. So it's uh, the clock never stops. You can sleep whatever you want, but basically people people uh, are on the course for four or five days, and they choose when to stop and where to sleep. So uh, typically, the winning team on our races does it in about seventy-five hours, and they usually sleep for two to four hours during that seventy-five hours. So, so. That means that they usually usually uh, go uh, the whole night, maybe on the second night sleep for two hours, on the third night for two hours, and that that's about it. So having a good lamp with all the batteries, it's it's essential, definitely. 
Don't forget to pack the headlamp. Excellent. Okay. Oh, no. It's the hiking pole. All right, Igor. Our next segment here is the hiking pole. This is a seven-question survey. So it's not pole like the pole you have in your hands. It's not P-O-L-E. Okay. It's P-O-L-L like a survey. And these seven questions are going to help me give you a score on the sanity scale from one to a hundred. Where one, if you get a one, you're completely insane. If you get a hundred, you're completely sane. So okay. uh, where do you think your friends and family would put you on that scale? Mm, about three. <laughs> All right. Now, I have a couple of sets of questions here that I could I could ask. One is kind of like hiking related, hiking and camping related. Do you have a lot of hiking and camping experience? Yeah, yeah, actually I do. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then we'll go with those questions. We'll go with those questions. All right. First question. Uh trekking poles or no trekking poles out there? Uh Depending on the course, but usually trekking poles. Yeah, it definitely helps for the longer hikes, and it helps you going up or going down. So definitely, if there is not a lot of uh, map map uh, orienteering with maps involved, so where you have to use your hands and a compass, and your hands need to be free, I definitely choose choose hiking poles. Yep. Okay. Question number two: What's on your feet? Boots? Or trail runners, or nothing at all. Yeah, are you a barefoot uh, hiker? No, I'm not a barefoot runner. Uh, you can you can sometimes see me on the trails in my in my flip flops. That's for sure. Uh, I never wear wear boots, uh, so it's it's always always running shoes, not the trail shoes, but running shoes. Yeah. Trail Got running it. shoes. Yeah. Got it. Okay, and on those off moments where you do actually sleep on the trail you're not uh, just racing 24 hours a day what kind of shelter do you prefer do you, are you a tent guy tarp hammock bivy or do you cowboy camp uh depends depends I, i'm used to it to all of it i'm not really a fan of hammocks they're pretty great that because they're light and for for spend a couple of hours but sleeping in them through to hold the night uh, i have problems with my back after that so i don't choose that option but I can sleep anywhere, basically, uh, as long as it's it's it doesn't have to even be be. Uh... No, basically, I can sleep anywhere. I don't have problems sleeping. Yeah, that's for sure. No, I don't. I agree with you on the hammocks. I don't know what it is. I can take the best half hour nap in a hammock, but there's no way I could I could spend the night in a hammock. Yeah, yeah. It it, it would be perfect if if it would be good for me because it's small, it's compact, it's easy to to set up. But I just cannot do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Question number four: sleeping bag or quilt? Sleeping bag for sure. Yeah. I wanna. I wanna get rested. That's for sure. And if if I if I wanna sleep, I wanna sleep as comfortable as I can. So if I'm really, you know, uh, desperate, I can sleep without it. But definitely, if I wanna use a couple of hours. Uh, to stop and not race or lose time sleeping, I want to do it as comfortably as possible so it could benefit me the best. Okay. Now, when it comes to food out there, are you a stove guy, some cold soak, or stoveless? Uh, that's a bit of a problem for me. Uh, I'm a I'm a long time uh, vegan, 
So it's the food is always a problem, you know, when you want to prepare for something and uh, take the food because there are not a lot of options. Uh, it's getting better. Uh, so I usually just, you know, try to come up with something that that it's uh, nutritional and it's it's vegan. So definitely, I'm not picky. I just just want to I just want to fill my belly. And that's it. Okay, and that, this brings me to a side question. This doesn't count in the hiking pool, but you know, if you are racing twenty to twenty two hours a day in an adventure race, I, I imagine there has to be some kind of huge caloric intake. You got to do a lot of you have to fuel up uh, during the race. How, how does that work for a vegan out there? It works. Sometimes, some, somehow, it works. You know, you 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 learn with with the years and you know what what uh, suits you and what you need so it was never an issue for me i didn't have any problems you know i just this is the stuff i don't eat this is the stuff i do eat this mm -hmm. is good for me to take on, on on the trail so it works it's not a problem for me at all and i don't worry about it and i don't make a make, make a big fuss about it okay what's your go-to meal out there uh i like uh Usually, usually it's uh, it's oats. I like to take oats. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, uh, peanuts and walnuts, stuff like that. So that's 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 good for me. It's it's uh, it's caloric and it's it's I like it. So it's something that I go to. Yeah. Okay. All right. Back to the hiking pool. Question number six: Is life better above or below the tree line? uh below for me i'm always i i'm i'm more of a of a forest and woods guy than a bare mountain without any woods so i like the views but i'm more kind of a being into the forest and uh, in the trees and and that's that's something that i really like i also like the above the tree line but definitely my favorite place is to be in the, in the forest forests rivers that, that's for me yeah got it got it all right and our final question not sure if this applies to adventure racing or not but i'm going to ask it anyway uh what's more important pack weight or luxury items well, i think it's a combination of, of both you have to be you have to be uh definitely lightweight but sometimes you don't have to you don't have to watch the weight of some stuff you have to bring it so there's a there was a famous saying in the adventure racing community, uh, pack light, freeze at night. But that's something uh, I don't want to do because, you know, uh, I need I need some of the stuff to, to get through a couple of days. So you always have to be wary of, of, of the weight. But sometimes if I'm choosing not to bring a sleeping bag or bring a sleeping bag, I usually choose a sleeping bag because it, it will benefit me in, 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 the, in the long, long run. Okay. Fair points. You made a lot of sense there. I'm not sure why your friends would give you a three, but uh, let me, let me put your answers through the algorithm here. We'll see if we can come up with a score for you. So I got to carry the three. We're going to divide by root two, multiply by pi, and we're going to adjust for the temperature at the top of Mount Troglov at the summer solstice. Mount Troglov, as we know, is the highest point in Croatia. And I come up with a score of 47. 47. That's pretty reasonable. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Yeah, just south of the midpoint. You're you're a little bit crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe in in, in this in this situation, uh, I make some sense because I, I do have some experience. 
but overall the way i live my life that's the 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 criteria i think some people will, will see me a bit crazy but in in this in this type of situation i do make some sense because i do have some experience i'm not i'm, I'm not crazy guy going you know barefoot on top of the mountain uh, shirtless i do definitely think about what i'm going to do and consider the consequences especially if i'm going hiking with somebody uh somebody that is uh, uh weaker than me so i have to be a support for for uh, for that person so i do need to need to be at my best so i'm i just, I just, that, I just don't go you know to all the walls and I, I don't care what happens. I have to think about it and prepare. So it makes sense. Right, right. Not uh, shirtless and barefoot on top of a mountain, just flip-flops and shorts in the dead of winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Got it. Got it. All right. You know what? Before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit because I want to find out how you got to be where you are right now. Let's talk about your background, where you grew up, and how you got involved with the outdoor adventure cult. Uh, I grew up in Zagreb, the capital of Croatia. Uh, I have a normal, normal childhood. And I was lucky enough that when I started my elementary school, when I was seven, uh, our teacher was the the main Boy Scout leader in the area. And so she uh, took my whole class and enrolled us in Boy Scouts. And I was there for next eight years and i was religiously going to all the all the events so all the summer camps winter camps every weekend i was there it was like a small uh, small uh, military to me so i really liked the the that concept and i was in love with boy scouts and i was in love with outdoors so my family is not really when i was a kid we they were not really outdoorsy so we didn't go on hikes or stuff like that so it is something that stuck with me for for my whole life, and that's definitely something that that uh, created the, the the beast that I am. Now, werewolf, what what is the most important lesson you learned from your experience in the Boy Scouts? Uh, I couldn't say that I learned anything specific. It's just the the the, the way that that you live your life. You know, it's it's uh, staying outdoors, uh, making shelter. Uh, getting to know uh the surroundings around you uh knowing the maps so it's it's definitely the 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 whole the whole uh uh life experience it's different because when you when the your whole whole life is around uh, your whole life is uh, uh revolving around outdoors it's totally different that people are used to you know they live in towns they live in cities they don't go out so it's just something that it, something wild they do occasionally at best but if you if if your whole life life is oriented around outdoors it's totally different experience and you experience the life totally different than than most of the people and that's that's my experience that i have since i was a kid now you said you you did this for eight years with the boy scouts yeah uh and the only reason why i stopped is actually uh uh when i was i was uh going from elementary school to my uh high school uh the war started in croatia so the war was there for uh, five years and so every, everything stopped basically there was no boy scouts and stuff like that and then when it all got settled i was already you know like 20 and i was in a different you know uh, mindset so right. it didn't make sense to to get back to the boy scouts so but i i 
I definitely something that put the roots in my in my personality and something that I kept doing myself and with my friends for the for the next twenty five years. Yeah. Right, laid a, a great great foundation for you. Yeah, for sure. All right. Now, do you have any siblings, brothers, or sisters? I have a sister, older sister, uh, and she was definitely not outdoorsy as I am. But in the in now in her late forties, she's getting there, and she's uh, actually been uh, running uh, on my races for the last three or four years. Uh, so it's I'm proud of her, and I think that's something that that uh, it took a long time for her to 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 uh, to start but i think she's getting getting better and i i support her indefinitely she was running next last weekend on on uh, the race we do on uh, on the two islands so it's a trail running event on two islands uh, one day is on one island and next day it's on the second island and we got a winner that that uh, has a best combined times for for the both island both both islands wow that sounds very cool. Now, how how long is that race? How many miles? Uh, it's, a small, it's a small. It's a smaller race. So uh, there are three uh, three courses. So the longest one is twenty three kilometers one day and twenty three the second day. So the winner does it at like maybe two hours. So it's not a it's not a really long race, uh, but it's it's really fun. Uh, great courses, and we get a really really good uh, attendance. So. It's usually about 600 people uh, running this event. Mm -hmm. Now, forgive me in my my geographic ignorance. I thought Croatia was landlocked. Does, does it have a coast? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. My so mistake. Croatia has Croatia has. Uh, uh, I would say that one of the most diverse and beautiful uh, coastlines in in the world. So we have a. Uh, almost thousand thousand islands small islands and bigger islands i would say that maybe 40 or 50 are uh, inhabited and the other ones are small ones and so it's it's a really really beautiful coastline really beautiful crystal clear sea and that's the 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 main attraction for the tourists to come to croatia so so definitely seaside is our is our uh, main main tourist attraction so Learn your geographics. Yes, yes. I need I need to get back to my geography book. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. All right. Did your sister uh did she do well in comparison to you know her previous races? Did she enjoy it? Uh yes, she did well. <laughs> and if you want to know why I'm laughing, you'll have to tune into the YouTube version of this episode. So that's fantastic. All right. Now, uh, Igor, what do you do to pay the bills? Is your full-time job being the race director for Adventure Race Croatia and other types of uh, trail running events? Uh, I quit my normal job like five years ago and started to to be more involved in uh, organizing races on, on the more uh, professional level, I would say. So I've been organizing events for the last 15 years, smaller events and doing it like, a, I wouldn't say even like a side job, but something that I do for fun. And I never made any money out of it. And then uh, in the last five years, I decided uh, I want to quit my job and I want to try to do it more seriously. 
and that's when Venture Race in Croatia happened, and I it was pretty successful. So when you when you're starting to uh, organizing adventure races, it takes a couple of years to get all the gear and all the on the all the stuff you need for adventure racing. So the initial costs are bigger, but after a couple of years, you realize you can actually live out of it. It's not a luxurious life. It's not something that you can you know um, get rich off. But if you do a couple of races a year and you do it smartly and you you and you live a frugal life like I, I do, I can definitely get by. And it's something now. It's it's uh, organizing races, races helping other people organize races and outdoor related jobs. Like uh, sometimes I I'm uh, I uh, I do like. Uh, uh, outdoor guide stuff and stuff like that. So it helps him pay the bills and it's fun. So it's all the things I do, it's definitely outdoor related. So it's something that I that I enjoy. It's something that I, I want to do in the future, but I'm getting older and I don't know if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to be able to do it for the next 50 years, but for the next 15, 20, I hope I can do it. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Werewolf about, you know, what is adventure racing? What are the diff- different types of activities involved in that? And also more about Adventure Race Croatia. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the back country to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water. Using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. This episode is sponsored by Jolly Gear. Are you tired of compromising between the ventilation of a button-down and the full protection of a sun hoodie? With the Triple Crown button-down, you can have the best of both. Plus, their fun standout patterns will have you the talk of the trail. Visit them at jollygear.com. Thru-hiker owned, Jolly Gear, where fun meets functional. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. 
Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your pod- podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Well, welcome back. Thank you to our sponsors for those uh, those great advertisements there. Uh, let's get back to Werewolf here. And, you know, we've had Brett Gravelin on. We've had Hunter Leininger on the podcast. So if, if, they're, if our listeners are a regular customer of the podcast, they're familiar with adventure racing. But for those people maybe who are just tuning in, who have stumbled across the podcast, uh, can you help me define what is adventure racing? Adventure racing is a multi-sport that uh, usually uh, consists of the three basic disciplines, I would say four. So it's usually running or hiking, cycling, uh, uh, rowing, paddling, kayaking, whatever, and orienteering. So the course is not uh, marked. You have to use the map. You have CPs all around the specific area. And you have to cover that area and collect all or most of the CPs uh, in order and using the, the disciplines, so kayaking or hiking or biking, in, uh, in order that organizers set up. So for the first 20 checkpoints, you can do on a bike and then you transition to, to hiking for the next checkpoints 10 checkpoints you you do it uh, on foot and then you transition to kayak and you can it can have uh, a couple of legs so three four legs or it can be like 15 legs so you can have have kayak five six times or so it, it, it depends usually more transitions and more legs meet, means more complicated logistics so adventure races usually try to keep it as simple as possible only the 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 weird guy from Adventure Race Croatia does it differently, and we have a lot of transition, a lot of legs, so it makes it more difficult, difficult and more complicated for us. But I think it's much better experience for the racers because the legs are, are shorter. It's more interesting. You don't have like monster legs, like uh, 100 kilometers of hiking or 100 kilometers of kayaking. It's divided. It's it's in, in smaller portions. So, our for our races, the the, the longest hikings h- hiking sections are between thirty and forty kilometers. Bikes are usually maximum hundred kilometers, and kayaking stages are between twenty and thirty kilometers. So it's it's basically when you have a race that five that's five hundred kilometers long. Having having such a, a big amount of, of, of legs makes it easier for for your body and and for the whole team. So I think it's a, it's a it's a better way to do it, but it's not always easy to do it. Uh, depending on the on the country on the area where you where you're setting your race up, because you have to logistics is always it's always always hard. 
and but we we tend to definitely try our best to have as much as as legs as possible to make it fun for the racers. Yeah, I think probably most of our American audience is familiar with the concept of triathlons. Mm-hmm. Uh, this sounds like a much more complicated, much more challenging and uh, logistical task than just a, and I say just, just a triathlon. I and mean, this, this sounds like a triathlon on, on, uh, on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's uh, usually people, when I talk about this sport, they usually uh, talk about triathlon on Ironman. And uh, Ironman usually lasts, you know, for the for the slower people, like 15, 16 hours. And this race, for the slower teams, it's like it could be 120, 150 hours for some races. So it's definitely a similar sport, but totally different. Because in, in Ironman, uh, the course is set. It's in a... In a uh, city environment, you're on pavement, you are uh, or surrounded by people, you don't have to orient yourself, you're well fed, you have feed zones. So it's definitely, it has simil- similarities, but it's totally different. This is uh, this is more of an of a experience and you can do it really, really fast if you're a top team, but you can do it as a, as a, as a slower team, you can do it as a life experience or as a like a really tough holiday, uh, compacted in a couple of days. So it has some letters, but it's it's basically different. Different because uh, uh, people usually say that Ironman is like one of the toughest sports, but when you compare Ironman with this, it's it's this is much much harder to do. Yeah, because you have blisters, you're hungry, you're tired, you're cold, you're you have uh, sleep monsters. It's 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 all. All of that, that combined, and you're also with the team, and the team dynamics is, is important because you can you can be grumpy, you can be you can be angry, you can be angry at your teammates because they made a, a orienteering mistake or they are slow. There could be injuries, so it, a lot of a lot of stuff is involved if, if, if in having a, a really good race. That's right. That's another main difference is Ironman. You're you're basically by yourself. It's an individual sport, but uh, yeah. adventure racing. How big is the team? Usually it's it's four people, and uh, the the important thing is that one person has to be of of opposite sex. So it's usually usually it's three guys and, and one girl, but it's not it's not rare that it, it's not uh, uh, uncommon to see you know two girls, two guys, or even three girls with with one guy. But it's it's mostly three guys and one girl because that's usually uh, means that it's the strongest team, you know. But now the girls are getting stronger, and it's definitely not unusual to see to see more girls in in the team. Now I know when I talked to Brett about his experience with the Eco Challenge, um, in in Fiji, right? Eco Challenge, yep. Fiji. Yep. Um, that before they could enter the race, they had to obtain certain certifications in different types of adventure disciplines to show that they were prepared for the race. Is that similar with Adventure Race Croatia? No. We don't. We don't. We don't ask anybody to to have any certificates. the The main reason, of, because it could be, it could be faked. So you know, you have people coming from other countries, and I know I don't know what I'm looking at. You know, I can see a paper saying that somebody can swim or do like a, a, a level three rapids or four, 
doesn't mean anything to me because anybody could have written that. You know, you, you can Photoshop it. So it's definitely, I, t- I tell people, you know, use your common sense. It's something that, you know, life, your life depends on. And you have to be comfortable with going into adventure racing and knowing that you can face all the challenges that we, that we are going to face. And uh, I, I just trust in people and I, and I hope that they, they take it seriously. When I tell them, you know, there are going to be some demanding rivers on this course, you know, uh, bring your best game. You know, go and try and and and, and battle the the more difficult rivers than that that you are used to. So it's not it's not the same paddling on a lake and paddling on a on a you know rivers uh, class three or class four. So definitely something that that you should be. It should be you know normal for people to to realize that they have to be ready for for this type of activities. Yes. So I, I I had experience people coming to our race and doing the the ropes, the rope activities like uh, descending, and I can see that they they done it once. Somebody showed them how to do it, but I'm not there to to teach them how to do it. You know, they they knew that they were going to have to do it, and it's in your best best interest to to be as prepared as possible. Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about something that is a, a lot more difficult than a triathlon. And so if you're if you're planning on doing this, do your research, do your homework and make sure that you're prepared and ready to go. Yeah. Okay. Now, Igor, how did you get involved in adventure racing? How did you pick up the sport? I, I assume that you were a participant first before you became a race director. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, the first race I did was uh, I think it's uh, 2006. So in the beginning of 2000s there was a, a really uh, a cool race in Croatia it was uh, international and it was like three or four days and it, it's it's gotten pretty big so I used to watch it you know f- from from the distance and I thought that's definitely not something I, I could do because in, in that time I was uh, I was a rock climber but I was always uh, you know uh, riding my bike and I was always doing adventure stuff, but I was definitely looking at that as something that that's beyond my, my capabilities. And I didn't know anybody who was into that sport, so I couldn't actually get a team, if, even if I wanted to. Uh, and then uh, uh, it sort of died off in the middle of 2000s. And then I, in the 2006, I accidentally got into it because I, I knew two friends that, that were doing it. So I said, okay, I might as well try it. And I tried it and I was hooked. And two years later, I organized my first race in 2008. And since then, I organized at least one adventure race every year uh, on a smaller scale for the teams of two. It was usually just uh, local teams and some teams from Slovenia. But uh, in 2018, we organized Adventure Race Croatia and it got really big. And now we are part of ARWS and we are part of, uh, we are qualifying race for the world championship. And it's now it's, it's the real thing. Yeah. ARWS being the Adventure Race World Series. Yes. Okay. And um, I, I, I was smiling there as you were talking because I love the phrase that you accidentally got into adventure racing. That's like, I accidentally getting into a marathon, you know, what, <laughs> what have I gotten myself into? What's happening here? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe the, the, the wrong choice of words, not accidentally, but uh, you know, 
uh, I was looking at it uh, for a couple couple of years, but it's not it's not the same as as now. You know, you have a, you have the internet is really big. You can look at the YouTube videos. You can see the you can get to know adventure racing even before you start. But but you know, like uh, what 15, 16 years ago. 20 years ago, it, it wasn't like, like that. You know, you, you couldn't definitely get to know the sports before you actually tried it. So it's something that I, I was, it looked good to me because it was like hiking. That's my thing. Biking, that's my thing. Kayaking, I love it. Orienteering, that's it. So I thought that's a perfect sport for me, but I don't know anybody who would join me in a team and want to, you know, spend two or three nights without sleeping and, and, and getting cold. And so I was, it was something that I was thinking about and dreaming about, but it's something so distant to me uh, at the beginning. So when I when I accidentally uh, knew the people that were doing it, I said, okay, I'm going to do it too. So it, I did it without any preparing or any training. Well, I was already, you know, uh, uh, basically ready for it, but I didn't do any specific training for it. Or I tried it and I was... I was, I don't know, I wasn't great at it, but I was good enough for it. Because in all sports, uh, I, what's the phrase, uh, jack of all trades, master mm-hmm. of none, stuff right. like that. I'm I'm pretty good in all, in all, all sports. I'm not really perfect in any sport, but that's the, that's the the way I like it, you know, I don't want to concentrate on one sport and, and get it to perfection. I want to try everything. I want to run. I want to hike. I want to ride my bike. I want to kayak. I want to do orienteering. So I don't want to concentrate on one sport and, and, and make the best out of it. I want to be diverse and, and do all the stuff I like. Right. Now, Werewolf, you bring up a, a, a very good point and one that's been made on the podcast in the past. And that is uh, in today's age, if you want to learn about something, if you want to find out about something, if you want to prepare yourself, there is a, there are a ton of resources on the internet. I mean, you just Google it and get on there and and take a deep dive, watch YouTube videos, all kinds of resources out there for for you to learn about, you know, long distance hiking or adventure racing or or whatever it is you have an interest in. And so when you show up on race day or you show up to the to the trailhead, you have a, a pretty good idea based on others' experiences and what they told you about how this is going to go. I have a healthy dose of respect for those people that did the Pacific Crest Trail or adventure racing back in the days, in the early days of uh, of the internet, when there wasn't a lot of resources available online. And they just went into it uh, not knowing everything and having to learn, have that learning curve in the experience itself. Yep, I agree. <laughs> All right. Hey, um, we mentioned it's a qualifier for the AR World Series. What is the AR World Series? So, uh, World Series is a, a series of usually it's like eight to ten races a year all mm-hmm. around the world, and the, the winner for for, uh, for each race gets a free spot for the World Championship. So you get eight or ten winners depending on the year. They get a free entry, and World Championship is usually. Uh, somewhere in uh i would say september or october or november so the end of the year uh and you get between 50 and 100 teams from all around the world 
racing for the title of the ARW, ARWC. So it's a, it's a really great organization that is getting bigger and it's uh, the more races are coming in every year. So in the next two, in the last two years, they have uh, like a European series and American series, South American series, uh, Australian Oceanic series, Asia series. So it's definitely uh, getting more and more races. But the the main races for the World Series, it's usually I would say that it's around fifteen races. Uh, but only 10 races a year. So some, some races are doing it uh, every second year. So usually it's like eight to 10 races a year. Got it. And is the world championship held typically in the same location every year? Is, like a, is there a, a course or they rotate that as well? Yeah, it's rotation. So mm-hmm. one of the, the races uh, that, that it's usually in, in the circuit uh, gets the chance to, to host the, the adventure racing uh, world championship. Uh, this year was in Paraguay, and the next year it's going to be in uh, South Africa. Okay. Now let's let's talk a little bit about uh, ARC Adventure Race Croatia. It is, I think you mentioned earlier, it's a 500 kilometer course. About, around that, yeah. Around that, around that, yeah. and typically, is there a time limit on adventure racing? If you don't finish, if you don't get to a checkpoint by a certain time frame, you're you're out of the race. Is that how it works? No, we have short course courses. So typically, if we have forty teams, I would say that maybe fifteen teams uh, can do the whole course. Uh, time limit is for our race; it's one hundred and four hours. So I would say that fifteen around fifteen teams can do the whole course in that time. The winners usually do it in seventy-five hours, and the teams that are slower. Uh, we have time limits on, on some certain uh, checkpoints. And if you don't reach it in time, we just, you know, uh, give you information uh, on the short course and you skip a couple of CPs and then you're back in the game, but you're only on, on the short course. So you, you cannot win, but if you can finish the race. You will skip some of the CPs and some of the parts. But I think that 104 hours it's is enough time uh, for uh, like a, uh, a team that is uh, in a decent shape, and that's enough time to to finish the course uh, on the on the short course. Yeah, some of the races have a different uh, approach, so they keep the the race open for longer. Like so, the winners do it in three days, and they keep the race open for seven days. So mostly all the teams do it. But it's it's for me it's a uh, it's not a good concept, uh, concept because the winning team then has to wait for three or four days for all the teams to come in the in the in the finish line and then then there's a ceremony and stuff like that so for in our race the winners usually just have to wait for one day for all the teams to get in and then uh, then there's a ceremony and and uh, pr- uh, prize giving so I think that's that's the concept that suits our best. Now, 104 hours uh, for our, our mathematically challenged people out there. That's four days and eight hours. And I like to think yeah, that uh, you, made, you made it four days and eight hours because you take that extra eight hours and you divide it up by uh, d- divide by four. That's two hours of sleep each day for each day, right? Two hours, 20, 24 hours of racing, take two hours of sleep and then go again. 
no, it's not that complicated. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 thing is, it's 104 hours because usually race starts at eight, and then you know uh, uh, we give them uh, like 96 hours. It's it's four days, and then eight hours. So eight plus eight is four hours. So the race ends on a Friday Friday at four o'clock because it gives the teams who just uh, barely make it. So they come like in uh, 3.30, they have enough time to get washed and make it to the dinner and, and, the, and the prize giving ceremony. So that's, that's 108, 104 hours. That's, that's why. Got it. Got it. Now I did a little research. Um, the, the disciplines of the uh, Adventure Race Croatia, you've got mountain biking, paddling, running, roping, and navigation, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got it broken up to like 15% of the race is kayaking, 25% is hiking, and 60% is biking. Is that accurate? Well, about it, about something like that. Uh, every year is different because every year in the course is different. But usually it ends up as something like that. You know, mm-hmm. there's definitely uh, uh, biking is the has the biggest kilometers. So it's it's about 60, 65%. And then hiking, and I would say that kayaking is usually between 10 and 15% of mm-hmm. the course. Now, in your experience in adventure racing, as an adventure racer, did you ever find yourself in a situation where like, holy smokes, what's going on here? You were concerned for for your safety, the, the safety of your, your team? Uh, any any type two fun out there? Uh, safe, I didn't have any safety issues. Uh and I didn't have any, really any big injuries. Uh, on some smaller races, uh, a couple of years ago, I was racing with my partner, and and I, uh, in the first five minutes of the race, I twisted my ankle, and I thought, no, it's it's going to be okay. So the next the next discipline is uh, is uh, mountain bike, so I can I can recover, but I didn't recover because I twisted my ankle and. But stupidly, I I continued the race. It was like maybe eight hours eight, eight hours race because uh, year before we won the race in the in the mixed in the mixed uh, category, and we we won we won a a, a weekend getaway, and we gave it to my parents. And then I promised uh, my partner's mother I'm gonna we're gonna win win this year for her weekend. So I said I I have to keep racing. In the end, we finished second uh, with a twisted ankle, and that's something I would never do do again. But I was I was I was much younger than it was it was two years ago. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm much more experienced and much more uh, wise now. Yeah, that's before you had the the tinge of gray in the beard, right? Yeah, there. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, nice. All right. Hey, tell us a little bit about this uh, this project that that you've got going called the Relive Project. Yeah. So uh, Relive is something that I think it's it's really interesting and something that could really be beneficial for the adventure racing and outdoor community. So uh, when we plan our our races, we usually spend six months or eight months planning the course and then you have the race and you have like 40 60 teams doing the course and that's it that course will never run again so it's all the six 
six months or eight months, you know, it's it's you you're never going to use it again. So my idea is to offer that uh, same course to people who wanna who wanna try it out. So Relive is is uh, basically a custom made multi sport tour for adventure hungry and above the average fit people uh, who like to experience the adventure racing on their own on their own terms. So it's uh, you can do it as a as a competitive team and do it as uh, uh, do it as a training and try to beat the the, the course the, the race time the, the, the course the, the winner the time of the winners or you can do it really easy going you know with your friends and you can tell us okay we want to skip the the really difficult parts we want to do it in 7 days we want to sleep in our tents. Uh, can you bring us the tents somewhere? We want to sleep in hotels. So it's really, it's really uh, customizable to your needs and your your wishes. So it's uh, so far we had three courses, so three three editions. So you can choose. I want to do uh, adventure race in Croatia 2018. Uh, it's about 300 kilometers. We have five days, but we don't like kayaking. Can you do it? without kayaking and we can organize everything for you so you can you can do it you'll, you have, you'll have all the maps all the transition areas everything will be, will be the same as the race so it's it's a really good concept for everybody who wants to try adventure racing but is afraid to do it because they think they are not ready but they can uh, they can uh, uh, try it out with their friends or with their family or they can do it uh racing style really seriously as a training so it's the range uh, of people who, who are able to do it it's it's really wide so it could be really serious or or really active holiday what a concept that is fantastic is this yeah, still it, in the conceptual stage or is this, is this actually in place right now uh well i uh the first idea about it i had uh, during the COVID, and i said okay that's something that I, I really uh, think it would be really good for the community. And I did a web web page then, and I didn't promote it at all. I just told told it a couple of people, and everybody thought it, it was a great idea because nobody is offering that. The good thing is about about us is that we don't have regular jobs, so we can do it, you know, whenever. Uh, and uh, we had. Uh, couple of groups doing it but it's it didn't really take off yet but i think in the next couple of years uh we're definitely not looking at that as a as a business you know like having three to five groups a year it's good enough for us i think it's uh uh with all the races that we do and and all the jobs that, that we do i think it's it's more than enough for for me to to do but i think it's a it's a perfect way to 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 get to know uh, the adventure racing without any any pressure uh, from other teams, any pressure of time, any pressure of failing, uh, the race can be the race. Uh, can be uh, uh, adjustable. So you have one plan and then you see we are moving too slow. We're going to skip this part. We, can you transfer us with a van? Uh, to this part so we can skip this long hike 
so it's totally customizable. We we had a group from uh, Finland this summer. It was a uh, one YouTuber who who uh, who did a like a vlog about it, and they had a one plan. They are young people, like twenty five, relatively fit, and they. I think they thought that they're going to crush the course, and <laughs> I think that the course crushed them. <laughs> so after after the first night of not sleeping, they said, "Okay, we, we're gonna we're gonna adapt. We're gonna sleep every night for six hours, ten hours, and then we're gonna start in the morning." I said, "Okay, we can adapt. We can do that. We'll bring all your camping gear to 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 to, uh, to uh, locations, and you can sleep there, and we can continue." the morning and it was great for them uh they didn't do the whole course but they did like 70 percent of the course they did all the highlights and it and in the end it was a for them it was adventure of lifetime so it was it was perfect so there yeah, is that... no fa- there is no failure in in reliving arts so you can you you don't want to you you cannot fail you can just do less that than you were expected but you will you will not notice the difference and you're not going to miss any of the highlights so it's it's definitely something that it's it's perfect for uh, a wide range of people. Yeah, I mean, th- you you know, top top notch racers can then you know keep in shape and and familiarize themselves with the course by doing this. But also, you have your your lower level, uh, maybe not not your top adventurers, maybe someone who's just really advent in, interested in adventure racing and wants to see what it's all about. They have the the ability now to try it out and and see how it goes. Yep. So you have like uh, you can have your you and your two or three friends can come here. Tell us, okay, we're gonna spend two weeks in Croatia. One week we're gonna do, we want to do something really adventurous, and for the next seven days we're gonna take it really easy, you know, party and go to the coast and enjoy our holidays. But for the first seven days, you know, create a course that it's challenging for us. We want to do. We are more like bikers. Can you do more like biking stages? Mm-hmm. So I can definitely adapt, adapt, and skip some of the some of the. Uh, kayaking or hiking legs, or uh, turn it into a more uh, mountain bike orienteering uh, course. But uh, people can do original course or adapted course to their to their wishes. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna put in my request later today uh, to to do the to do the course. Can I can I include in my customization that me and my three friends can stay in your RV? Yeah, sure. That's an option. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's an option. Yeah, we are. We are. So the the accommodation can be, you know, you can do it race style. You know, sleep on the go, uh, just you know, lay down uh, on the ground and sleep. Or you can tell us, you know, uh, have our tents uh, on specific locations. Or you can take us to the hotel every night at ten o'clock. We want to sleep in a really good hotel, and we continue in the morning. Or we can use a camper van. Or we can use, you know. Uh, apartments or some, uh, you know, uh, houses for rent. So it's it's definitely customizable. Whatever, I think it's it's a, you know, idea is so uh, versatile in a in an outdoor way. So definitely, it's 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 fitted for 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 a lot of people. So for the pro- from the beginners to really professional teams. Okay, so if our listeners out there are intrigued by this idea, how, how do they book this uh, this adventure? Where can they find more information? So uh, our company is called uh, Remarkable Events. So our, our website is remarkable.events. And they can use the Google search and, and type uh, Adventure Race Croatia and relive 
Adventure Race Croatia. I think it's 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 searchable in in uh, in Google. So definitely, uh, there's a there's a, a website for it with all the information. They can email us and and uh, and ask all the information that that, that they they cannot find on the on, on the website. Okay. Now, Werewolf, I think that you are perfectly positioned for a a another type of adventure. I'd like to make uh, make a suggestion to you. Have you heard mm-hmm. about the Barkley Marathons? Yeah, yeah, I did. Any interest in in being a participant in the Barkley? Mm, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's uh it's uh it's a uh, it's a race you cannot win. The race always wins. So for the last couple of years, there was not a not a single person that, that finished the whole course, and they had a really really good good people and good racers uh, try to do it. I'm definitely not in that shape and I'm not in that running form, so I couldn't even uh, phantom about finishing the the course. And it's I think it's a uh, the the course is is. Too challenging, and for me, it doesn't make sense. It's a, it's a good story and it's a good, uh, you know, conversation topic. But you always want to create a course that somebody can finish. Well, for for me, you know, it's it's easy to create an adventure race that no nobody will finish. It's really easy to do it, but it's it's hard to to create a course that uh, enough people can finish, and it's challenging for them. Uh, but it's not too easy. So I think for for our race, if we have forty teams, uh, if we if we let everybody finish the race in one hundred and four hours, then the winning team will do it in in forty hours. So it's definitely so we want to keep the winners about seventy five hours, and that's why we uh, uh, all the teams cannot finish the whole course. But Barkley Marathon is definitely too too uh, too hard. And uh, I don't like the concept nobody finishing because it's it's as I say it's it's easy to to do that you just make the you just uh, create a course if it's too hard but it it works for some people because people are are coming back and it's a challenge for people to to do it but if the if the toughest people cannot cannot uh, uh, finish the 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 four the four loop course so there is no point of me even trying to to go there because i'm not i know i'm going to fail yeah it is a bonkers race for sure i love your philosophy about uh you know you want people to finish and you want people to you know your top your top racers to finish in a, a, sh- a shorter time and, and design the course that way but yeah, uh, because but- uh i i i look at the racers on, on our races as our customers and you always want your customers to be satisfied so we want them to create a course that they are they could basically finish if they are ready to finish it. Uh, if they are if they put the hours in, if they are if they are uh, did the training for it. So that's that's our main goal to, to have the course that it's challenging but also doable. But if you're created if you create a course that it's not doable for even the, for the top racers, it's, it doesn't make sense for me because you know you, somebody. Okay, the Barkley Marathon, Marathon, the idea is not, so it's not like a commercial race. You, you don't make any money out of it. It's basically almost free. But uh, for me, the, 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 it, 
I want to create a course that, you know, somebody can finish. <laughs> right. You know, to just to continue that analogy, uh, you have good good customer service in your races. At the Barclay, I was going to say there's poor customer service, but I, I really think there's there's no customer service at the Barclays because, you know, it's just they're left to yeah. fend on their own. Yeah. But people okay. people love the, the the cool story and the cool concept, and that's the what attracts the, the people to, to, to right. that race. You know, it's a it's a bit of uh, uh, almost sadistic, sadistic uh, uh, type of uh, organizing the race. But I guess the people who who do this kind of races are a bit of masochistic. So, you know, having a sadistic uh, <laughs> organizer fits them well. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to a number of world-class athletes, world-class athletes who have participated in the Barclays and had just been absolutely just trounced by the course. They, they didn't come anywhere close. And I, I say yeah. to myself, if, if that's, if this is a world-class athlete that can't even make a dent in this course, I mean, what, what hope is there? Yeah. All right. Hey, werewolf, you know where we are? Mm, I'm in my camper van. I don't know. You're you in the are. mountains. I can see yeah. you are where we are in the episode is the pro tip insight of the week. This is where you get to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. What do you have for us? Hmm. Uh, what is what do people usually usually uh, do in this segment? What do they no, usually? I, there, there's been all kinds of things like you know, live in the moment. Don't don't mm -hmm. uh, look, look towards the finish and not really experience what's happening while it's happening. Uh, you know, pack light. Um, mm -hmm. uh, use use uh different types of gear for for different purposes some kind of uh insight into you know how to how to make the next hike or race uh more enjoyable or more more successful so yeah for uh if we're talking about adventure racing i mm -hmm. would definitely say you know uh so first basically just go out there and try everything uh think about the challenges you're going to face in the race and don't just uh, think about them in your mind. Try them out. Uh, for our race specifically, uh, trans transitions are usually not something that you train. So transition in, is, a, is a place when you transition from one discipline to another. So basically, you're coming with your bike. You have to pack it in your bike box and continue, I don't know, on foot. So that, that transition can 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 take you 10 minutes or two hours and if you have 15 uh legs in the race you can spend a lot of time uh waste wasted in uh, in transition so people usually don't train transitions and they are not organized so i think in our race transitions are definitely a separate discipline that has to be trained you have to be organized. You have your your gearboxes and your bike boxes. They have to be organized. You have you can you have to have a procedure what to do when you get to the transition area. So that is something that I always tell uh, the racers uh, in our race. You know, uh, organize your transition transition uh, setup and think about what you're going to do when you transition from the bike to the kayak, from kayak to hike, from hike to to kayak. That's something that is really important and something that can save you a lot of time and a lot of uh, problems because you can forget uh, uh, gear 
in your boxes. You can forget some mandatory gear or some luxury item that you really need for the next next leg. That is something that's really important. And the 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 second thing I want to mention is taking care of your feet. That is something that's really important. That people don't usually walk for 100 kilometers or 50 kilometers or don't get their feet wet or so taking care of your feet uh, is uh, really important because it can definitely be something that can ruin your race and uh, ruin the race of your teammates because if you get injured your team will slow down and uh, you can even uh, uh, retire because a teammate has a you know couple of blisters and he cannot walk so it's taking care of your feet is is really important even in adventure racing transitions and taking care of your feet we got two for the price of one some some great pro yeah. tips right there i can i can i can throw in one one more oh three okay yeah uh, uh water definitely take water because you never know when you're gonna get next water so don't don't uh don't use the philosophy uh travel light you have to have water because without water, uh, you're going to suffer. And again, your teammates are going to suffer and you're going to make your team be slower or even retire because you didn't, you didn't want to take three or four liters uh, extra on your, on your 50 kilometers hike. And you were expected that it's going to be enough for you. And then it's hot and there is no uh, uh places where you can refill your water. So definitely uh, water is, is one of the important stuff too. Okay. Three for the yep. price of one. So yep. there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Werewolf. I want to thank him for joining us this week. Igor, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures and races? Well, they cannot. I'm not on social media. <laughs> no social media for, for Werewolf. No. No, there is a, there is a, uh, we have a like social media for Adventure Race Croatia mm-hmm. and for our remarkable events, a company, but, uh, me personally, I don't, I don't have a, any, I've never had any social media or so I'm not, I don't do it. I, I'm not into it. So that might be a fourth pro tip right there. No social media. No, no, I'm not against it, but it's not something. It's not something that I I, I enjoy or or something that I'm excited about. So I don't have anything against it, but it's not something that I, I choose not to do. Right. It's not just it's just not something that I'm not interested in. Okay, well, I'm almost embarrassed then to say to uh, remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Yikes, that's a lot of social media. <laughs> and if you have if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at John at gmail.com. The Adventure Media Recommendation. All right, Werewolf. I'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, uh, something that's gonna help our listeners stay connected to outdoor adventures. We call this our adventure media recommendation. What do you have for us? Hmm. I'm not really a uh I'm a Shame to say, I'm I'm not really a a, a reader. I want to read more, but I'm I'm just I don't I don't have a lot of recommendations given to me. Mm-hmm. So if somebody can tell me, you know, there's a really good book, you can read this. I would read it, but I I'm not really into reading books. Okay. I was, someone wanted, I, yeah. If someone wanted to become familiar with adventure racing, is there is there a uh... 
uh, maybe a website or a, a YouTube video or a documentary on adventure racing you could point them to? So the the book that I read, uh, the latest book, well, latest, a couple of years ago, uh, the book I read about adventure racing was an uh, uh, autobiography by Nathan Fave. He's the one of the, the most famous adventure racers from New Zealand. Uh, I read a couple of books on adventure racing. They are basically, uh, I think that now with, uh, with all the videos and YouTubes and, and podcasts, uh, the books about adventure racing are becoming you know obsolete in a way because you you write a book and then in a couple of years everything slightly changes you know the gear changes the the location changes so uh but uh, nathan's autobiography was was pretty interesting and i definitely something that i want to recommend to everybody uh regarding the 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 documentaries uh you can always you know look for uh videos from some races some races definitely put their time and money into doing a proper proper video about the race so for example for our 2018 edition of adventure race croatia we did almost one hour uh movie following the whole race and that was pretty successful it was uh i think it was uh Broadcasted in 120 countries around the world, so it was it was really really a, a fun project for us. A bit expensive, but we we had the support of a, a Croatian tourist board, so they funded the the film. So it was it was pretty good and something that that helped us get the, the, to the level of rec recognizability where 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 we are now. Uh, what else did you say? You said. Uh, no, you don't. Have, you don't have to give me one of each. I was just looking for one overall. So again, you, yeah. you're providing us with multiple. This is awesome. So yeah, yeah. I'm perfect. just free. I'm just <laughs> throwing free freebies to you. That's right, freebies. What have we not asked you? And before we wrap things up, we've got just one more segment for you called "What Have I Not Asked You That You're Dying to Tell Us About." What What did we miss in today's interview? Hmm. Well, the the. As I told you, the most important thing I wanted to talk to talk about was was the lift project, because uh, luckily our adventure race Croatia is uh, uh, every year we 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 sell out uh, all the spots. So we opened for the 2023 edition. We opened the registration uh, maybe like uh, two weeks ago, and. Uh, all the spots were filled in less than two hours. Wow. So that's uh, we're really proud of it, and it's it's not something that usually happens in adventure racing community, and we are really really proud of it. And we didn't actually uh, promote the race in any any special way. We just you know announced that we are opening uh, entries on a specific date, specific time, and we were hoping that we can you know close the close the registration in in a couple of days and we actually did it in, in less than 2 hours so we're really proud of it, proud of it and i think it's a it's a it's a proof that we are doing a good job and that people like our, our race and that we are doing something right because uh, uh, we don't uh, spend any money or, or on advertising or or stuff like that we're just you know I think we we are organizing a good race, and uh, word of mouth is is the strongest uh, advertised advertisement you, you can you can you can get. 
That's fantastic. Congratulations. Uh, can you tell me, is, is Brett Gravelin and his team, are they, are they uh, signed up for next yeah, year? Yeah, they co- they're coming back. Yeah. Fantastic. That's great. Yeah. All right. Hey, that is a wrap from the John freaking Muir studio. Any shout outs to friends and family werewolf? Uh, no, 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 definitely not. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I just want to, want to, uh, thank all the teams that, that were a part of adventure race Croatia in the last three editions. And, uh, we also wanted to thank that the teams that were, well, not teams, but the, the, the participants that were with us from the beginning. And we decided that, uh, for the 2024, so the uh, the fifth edition of our race, we're gonna give a free entry to everybody who has been on the on the last four editions. So it's something that we want to say uh, thanks to to all the people who were with us from the beginning. Incredible, very good. All right, hey, thank you for tuning in. Always remember, the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you're in the middle of a 104-hour adventure race in Croatia. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. Anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.